to have extra drinks. I because know there's like fourteen got things a lot of in things. front of me. It's very overwhelming. <laughs> I'm I am overwhelmed. <laughs> You're doing great. <laughs> <laughs> so many things. Uh, well, it's exciting though. I know. Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I never know when you push record. I know. <laughs> do you, you want to kick it off with the welcome? Uh, welcome to conversations in, in comfy, comfy pants. pants. I'm Clara and I'm Alex. Hi. Hi. How you doing? Good. Good. She brought some champagne today. Oh, and it's good. Oh, some Lamarca. Ah. My favorite sponsors. Oh, please. God, please. please. <laughs> Lamarca, you are my favorite. Lamarca Prosecco. is. Yeah, when I'm getting something other than Cooks, I get Lamarca. Yeah, this is my, sure. my go to. Yeah, but this one's Rose, which At least you're had. not getting Andre. I mean, sometimes. I mean, you do what you must. <laughs> if you're going to cut it with orange juice, who cares? Exactly. But uh, this is good. Oh, man, this is really Rose. good. Rose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I haven't had the Rose before. 10 out of 10 would recommend. Marco, you've done it again. You've done it once again. Done it. <laughs> now just put these in the little bottles. Oh, yeah. I love those. And do like so a cute. variety pack. Yeah. And then when you're uh, in premium class, you can get those. Yeah. I love, I, I even if I don't want one, I get them because they're little bottles. So I cute. buy them at the grocery store. Well, I need the whole bottle. <laughs> no, the little mini bottles. Yeah, I know. Oh. Just it's in general. enough. <laughs> I'll buy the mini bottles. Yeah, I like to get them on the airplane. And then you pop it. Opa! No, pop. The whole plane cheers. Oh, really? <laughs> Is that not your experience? No. No, it doesn't really even pop. It's a twist off. It still kind of pops. It kind of pops. A big up. Yeah. We'll see. But <laughs> anyway. They're not serving alcohol most um, of the flight anyways anymore oh that's true they haven't they've brought back no it's just, just sodas premium, premium class and oh. first class get alcohol mm. there's i was when i was flew a couple weeks ago they like made the announcement that like service is limited or whatever you have to wear a mask blah 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 and this guy mm-hmm. came up and he was like did you just say you're not serving alcohol <laughs> and they were like and they were like oh only to premium class first class he was like Ugh, like he was panicking. You could see the panic. Oh, no. He like went to the duty free store and got a fit, probably. But then they're like, Well, you can't drink your own alcohol either. Yeah. He's like buying juice boxes to pour it in. <laughs> I'm not sure. Buying a soda. Yeah. Please, I need a diet coke. Very thirsty. Yeah. I'm thirsty and I I need to add uh, my medicine. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I like bourbon or yeah. whatever. I don't know what you put in Coke. Rum. Rum. Coke and rum. Or bourbon. Or whiskey. You can do anything. Really? You can try hard enough. You I can mean, put champagne in there. The world is your... That'd be really bubbly. So bubbly. So all the bubbles. So many bubbles. Yeah. Oh. So many burps. Well, I think in... Uh, <laughs> I think in... Well, my friend told me she went to France for like a quarter or something. And Ooh-y. she said... <laughs> they like buy cheap red wine and then put Coca-Cola in it. Mm. I'm pretty sure it was Coke. It was something for sure. Oh, we might have to try that. Yeah. Should do like an international episode <gasps> where we just like... Hey, bonjour. Bonjour. <laughs> this is... We'll have to figure out how to say pants. <laughs> Pantaloons. <laughs> Conversations <laughs> in pantaloons. 
yeah. I'm your host, alone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Our okay. show's been taken over by loons. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll just be a mime. I don't know what else is French. <laughs> mime's not French? great for podcasts. No. The, the, <laughs> mimes doesn't... <laughs> I'm stuck in a box. <laughs> mimes doesn't really translate to podcasting. <laughs> for some reason, I think of them when I think of France. Because usually they're wearing like the striped shirt and the little French hat, a beret, beret the scarf. Yeah, there's, there's actually an episode of Impractical Jokers, uh-huh. which you haven't watched Impractical Jokers, and you need something just mind numbing to watch that's just stupid funny. And Alex is in love with Brian, and I'm in love with Brian. Mind. Um, and it was one of his punishments. Mm-hmm. Where it's like it to be a mime. the episode, <laughs> he was handcuffed to a mime for twenty four hours. <laughs> he had to do half the box with the one hand that was handcuffed to him. <laughs> yeah, basically. Uh, no, but it was like he was because hand- the mime couldn't say any, like didn't say anything, and was I, just a mime. Does the mime have to stay in character? Yes, stayed in character for twenty four hours. <laughs> but did they have to? He, di- I don't think he had to, but he did. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, that's pretty uh, bad. Yeah. Because you can't even be like, how's your day going? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, had to, <laughs> if you had to go to the bathroom, yeah. Mime coming with. Yeah. Go to sleep, mime's cuddling. <laughs> <laughs> Just for one night. That's fine. It's the, uh, yeah, the bathroom and. You have to be stuck in that box with them. Yeah, you're in the box. Yeah. Interesting. I feel like what else would be bad to get? I mean, pretty much anybody (laughs) would be a bummer to be handcuffed to. Yeah, people. Mm -hmm. Animals. Oh, yeah, they wouldn't. I don't think a cat would do really well. (laughs) Turns out I don't want to be handcuffed to anything. (laughs) Turns out Clarence doesn't want to be handcuffed. (laughs) Turns out I'm not. I don't want to. <laughs> no. Mm-mm. So, did we... I had something that I wanted to talk about. Tell me. Um, Let's do it. So, do you remember when I did the Amityville horror? <laughs> I do, yeah. Ronald DeFeo yeah, Jr. Yeah. yeah. He just died <gasps> last week. Is he, he's still in prison, right? He, he was. was. Well, yeah. No, he's dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he died. That's fine. Did That's he die of COVID? <laughs> not, no, he said not. They didn't... Natty Cause. No, Natty Cause. <laughs> Natty Cause is get us all. Do you know? 69. Oh, that's <laughs> that's uh, not very old, actually. No, but yeah, he was, you know. And what's funny, well, not funny, kind of funny, not really, I don't know, um, is I was listening to this podcast that this comedian does. His name's Chris Stefano. Okay. And he does a podcast on Tuesdays, I think it's called like Chrissy's Chaos or something. I don't know. But he was interviewing his, um, call him T.T. Jerry. Uh-huh. Um, and T.T. Jerry had spent some years in like the New York prison system. Okay. And became friends <gasps> with Ronald DeFeo. What? Yeah. So did he have anything to say? Just that he was like. Was he like a nice guy? He was like. That's what he said. He like he talked to like the son of Sam guy too. Yeah. And they're like they're just really quiet people. 
kids because they're having conversations in their heads. I know. With a bunch of people. It's very loud in there. <laughs> yeah, I'd imagine so. But yeah, so you became. So that's, I saw that, and then I was, you know, reading about Ronald DeFeo, and I was like, he died. He did. He did. Like okay. within the few last few days. The twelfth. Twelfth. Yeah, a week ago. <laughs> and I think TT um, Jerry was saying that. Um, he wanted to get out so he could finish the job because he didn't get to kill his grandparents or something. What? Like, those are the people that were left. Go ahead and tell the parole board that. It's like, no, I gotta get, I got, gotta finish what I started. I still have work to do. So things to do. Also, are they still alive? He's 69. Ooh, His good grandparents point. must be a million. Probably. Yeah. They're hanging on by a thread. I know. I don't think they are. I think no one told him. And well, probably for the best. <laughs> Which is fine. He'd be like, well, I guess I don't have anything to do. Yeah. I might as well stay in here. Yeah, I'll just hang out in here. <laughs> um, okay, well, I would like a public um, oh, acknowledgement from mm-hmm. you about how great the British people mm. are. Just... The most, I have talked about it to two separate people today. Not including me. Not including you. Okay. Two brand new people. So Alex (sighs) finally started watching The Great British Baking Show. I did. I did. Finally. Last night. Brian went to bed early. um, Yes. And. She texted me at like almost 10. She's like, this is an emergency. (laughs) I love The Great British Baking Show. (laughs) I was like, I was in bed, but I'm up now. I'm like, it's really late. I need to tell you this. I was like, I yes. can't handle it. Well, first I couldn't handle it. I couldn't I couldn't handle it. Why? Because I was having more anxiety oh, right. than it is a lot the of bakers. <laughs> it's a lot of stress. Seemed to be having. Mm. Like one guy, his Swiss roll started like breaking, and oh, I'm like, God, What? Dude. Your Swiss roll! Paul Hollywood's right there. Fix your, sw- <laughs> your Swiss roll. This would not stand with Mary Berry. <laughs> no, she would never. And then they were like doing the cherry cake. That okay. was Mary. That was the technical oh, challenge. Oh yeah, yeah. The cherry cake. Yeah. And this guy was like chopping up his cherries, and he threw you them fool. all on the cake. And I'm like, you have none to decorate. <laughs> what are you doing? Look around. Read the room. No uh. one else is doing that. And they're all like, and they got the guy with the cherries. He was like, oh. <laughs> But it looks like I forgot some cherries to oh, decorate. That's what we call oh. in London an oopsie poopsie. Oopsie doodles. <laughs> and I'm like, this is not a situation for an oopsie doodles. You might go home. You could. Paul Hollywood will send you home. Paul Hollywood will send you home. Oh, he. Did he? No. <laughs> he stayed. He will one day. <laughs> one day. I hope. And then what was the. Um, the what's the last song called? I forget all of a sudden. I the showstopper. Oh yeah, they had to make like, so they had like their signature cake. Uh-huh. Cause this episode was all about cake. Yeah, girl. So we started with the well, Swiss each roll. Each week is a different thing. There's like a bread week. So cake. Oh, it's amazing. So we started with um, the Swiss roll. Uh-huh. Then we went into the tech, the technical challenge, which was Mary Berry's. Mary Berry, you sly devil. Cherry cake. And she's very like. There's nothing getting past Miss Mary Berry. No, God, no. She's like, this no. one's too dark. This one's too light. I was like, Mary Berry. Mary Berry, you're harsh. Yes. She's like, oh, the, fr- the icing's wrong. I'm like, oh. 
there's not enough bounce to the cherry cake. But she's saying it in such I a know. nice way that you're like, oh, you're sweet. It's like, that's fine. It's fine. It is. You're right. My cake was bad. Right. This, this is trash. <laughs> <laughs> this is pure trash. I wouldn't Mary. need it either, Mary Berry. <laughs> and but the last one was like, they had like a specialty cake. So each of them have like yes. a specialty cake. Yeah. And they had to shrink it into miniatures. Oh, cute. Like tiny so, cupcakes? Yeah. Oh. Like, but they were tiny cakes. Like oh, like three-tiered cakes. Uh-huh. Like little tiny ones. Oh, they're so cute. Um, yeah, that was... That's the best. That's the best. It's the best. It's great. I, I love it. Completely. It was calming because usually I'm with cooking shows. I get like really anxious it's and really British. like... And they're, they're so like, much nicer. They're like... And time. <laughs> They're like, you I'm have like, five minutes left. I'm like, Don't stress. I'm like, where is, like, you know, because I'm used to chopped with Ted. I think his name's Ted. <laughs> Doesn't seem right. With Ted, Ted. who's like, who's like, you got five minutes. Everybody panic. Yeah. Panic. You will. Panic. We will kill you on the way out. <laughs> if you do not get your things plated, yeah. you will be eliminated. <laughs> And British is like, you've got five minutes. I mean, or give or take. Give or take. <laughs> we'll adjust. And then all the contestants are super nice too. Like, oh. they'll you'll 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 see that they'll they'll be like, um, one of them will be done, and they're like, oh, did you need help? What? <laughs> it's like this is a competition. What? <laughs> they're so nice. There was this old man on. <laughs> And I'm just like, oh, you sweet old man. Oh, I know. You fall in love with certain. They're, yes. And because they, do you know what they write? Remind me of the chickens from Chicken. <laughs> I apologize do. to the British listeners, but that's just how it is. But it's like, he was like, this is my lucky spoon. And he's got like a wooden spoon. Of course and he has a lucky like, spoon. And he's like, he's like, it's been infused with so many flavors like curry and pudding. And I'm like, I know. Can I have that lucky spoon? Yes. Can I just... I don't know. I need a British grandpa. (laughs) Now accepting applications. Now accepting for a British grandpa. I'll also take a British husband. (laughs) Either way. It's okay. I can have a grandpa with his lucky spoon. Yeah. I know. They're so cute. Well, you're going to be watching Love Island before you know it. I, I'm worried that's where we're going to go. <laughs> that's worried. how it started for me. Great British baking show, uh, baby. It's just so, so calming. Yeah. I feel like just once I got over the like, okay, I'm more worried than they are. This is a problem. <laughs> once I got over that, I was yeah. like, this is really well, relaxing and really calming. Wait a second. I love you this. Come, Mary Berry. <laughs> Mary Berry. Love you. <laughs> Paul Hollywood and your little tent outside. I know. They have their own little secret tent. They do. It's precious because so... they're not allowed to watch the second. Well, yeah, the no. uh, technical one. It's blind. A, it's a blind judging. Don't be crazy, Paul <sighs> And I'm sorry, but Paul Hollywood's eyes... I won't apologize. I don't. <laughs> Wouldn't bad. let you. He's a silver fox is what they call him. He's a silver fox. Probably not Gen Z, but that's what I call him. And he is one. <laughs> he is a silver fox. Ah, Paul Hollywood. Uh, well, I'd also like to um, just touch base on 
Something that you sent me on Instagram today. <laughs> it's Karen. It's Karen. <laughs> it's Karen. <laughs> I just got the biggest kick out of it. It's Karen the emu. And it's, it was from the dodo, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So it was a reel uh, from the dodo. And it was... <laughs> emu. Emu named Karen. And first of all, she looks like she's wearing like a feathery boa. Just like around her chest. She like. is... But it's mink somehow. Fabulous. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and she like came for, she was in a couple others. <laughs> and she's just, she's a grumpy, really grumpy emo. She's grouch. And she's like behind the girl who's videoing herself. Mm-hmm. And the girl just like puts up her hand as she's like hissing and snapping yeah. at her. <laughs> like, that. first of all, that girl was the bravest person I've ever seen. <laughs> so brave. I would be 10 miles away. <laughs> Anyways, and he said, they were like, um, yep, Karen, she she's, she always wants to be talking to the manager. <laughs> it got me. Well, and then, can we talk about Stanley? Yes, we have to talk about Stanley. Stanley and Karen. So, Karen was mean. She came from, oh, she didn't give us Stanley's backstory, but Stanley was really cuddly and loved the, oh, the woman. Just... Uh, I want to say her name was Amy or something, but Amanda. Amanda. Yeah. Um. He just loved Amanda. He would like get up in the morning and sleep in her like jacket because he was cold. Oh, it was just so cute. So <laughs> emu. And, and then, then Karen's and then, like, "I'm gonna eat your face." And then Karen's like, hissing and snapping. <laughs> so they partner up, Karen and Stanley. So that Stanley can be like, you know what? Amanda's actually kind of nice. She's really she's she'll good. warm your jacket, or she'll warm people. your face in yeah. her jacket. <laughs> you can like nap on her, and then Karen starts to get a little nicer. Mm-hmm. And then there's a one point where she like tries to pet Karen, but then Karen like snaps at her a little bit, and she's like, "Ooh, ooh, please don't call the man." <laughs> I just went on an emotional journey with Karen and Amanda. And, she, and by the end it of was it, so funny. Karen is napping in Amanda's jacket. <laughs> yes, like, she's snuggling with her. Still snaps at her. Okay. Okay, yeah. <laughs> but, I mean. Really goes after her boots. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Anyways, I just look up Karen the emu, you guys. You we'll, won't we'll regret it. We'll post it on our Instagram. It's, it's, yeah, we'll have to make it our story or something somehow. We'll, I don't know how to do it. But we'll figure out how to, how to, sh- how to share. I'll Google it. Karen the emu. She's great. <laughs> it was incredible. Ah, it was it. just like the best two minutes of my week. So it was far. four minutes. <laughs> Even better. I only like two minutes of it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> the part where she was not a grab. She wanted to call the manager. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, well, when this comes out, happy birthday yesterday. Woo! Woo woo! 32, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I'm 32. I'm 30, yeah, 32. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I think you're just a couple, couple, um, nine months behind me. Yes. I'm an 80, Anyways. 89, baby. Happy birthday. That's why we're drinking champagne, and also we just wanted to drink champagne. Yeah, I mean, do I need an excuse? No. No. Will I give myself an excuse? Yes. Um, <laughs> but also, there was a present waiting <gasps> for you when I you got here on the other side of the table. Did you take a picture of it already? Oh, no. Oh, we should do that we so do that, that we, can, right we can post it. Ooh, get the get the Prosec. Oh, uh, yeah. It would have been better if it was Weird. full. Hold on. Uh-huh. We're, we're doing... 
And... This is live, people. Oh, crushed it. Ah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah, so when I came in, there was a present sitting at my my seat. So this wrapping paper, I explained to Alex, oh, is wrapping paper that I, yeah, that I uh, that I um, bought for my niece's first birthday. And she's eight now. <laughs> so uh, it was a, like a safari theme kind of. So it's bright pink zebra. I paper. personally love it. Yeah. I love my girl everything. does like pink over here. Stop it. <laughs> oh, do you need a knife? I, I think I do. Stop it right now. So, okay, so I just opened it and it um, it says Rocket City Trash Pandas on it. So I can only assume there is something Rocket City Trash Panda involved. I couldn't love that logo more. It's, it's the best logo. It's a, pa- a panda. <laughs> no, it's a what are those called? A raccoon <laughs> in I a mean, trash can. The raccoon but has the- become our <laughs> no. podcast. Oh no! Um, Creature of choice. Yes, I'm going to like. Oh no! Uh, but I, if I stab myself, I know this is the last one. She died. Please, please know that Claire didn't kill me. Stab myself. <laughs> Um, I will be on the True Crime Podcast. Yeah, I'll do an episode about you. Okay. <laughs> thank you. From the Trash Pandas. <laughs> I got a thank you card for the Trash Pandas. <laughs> Anyways, the trash can's also a rocket. Well, thanks, Elizabeth, for packing the order. And oh, Elizabeth, to that's kind. Oh, my. Okay. Can they? Well, it's fragile. Oh, it's fragile. <laughs> is it a Trash Panda mug? <laughs> yes, it is. I just love the logo so much. Okay, this is gonna be really loud, obnoxious on the podcast. I'm sorry. (laughs) It's it's wrapped in quite a bit of bubble wrap. Definitely. (laughs) (laughs) This is my secret way of murdering her, is just getting her to cut herself because it's (laughs) taped up so much. But is that what you put on the thing? <laughs> Wrap it really well so she accidentally murdered. Oh my gosh! That's a trash panda coffee mug. I love it so much. I just oh, felt like you needed perfect it. Size. <laughs> oh, Claire, this is the best. Happy birthday! Yay! <laughs> Sponsor us, Rocket City Trash Pandas. <laughs> We like you. Are a trash panda. So <laughs> it's just the best logo I've ever seen. I stand by it because the trash pan's also a rocket. It's a rocket. Ro- Do you get it? <laughs> <laughs> What's this, ladies and gentlemen? That was the moment it all clicked. <laughs> the moment she understood. It's the moment I understood everything. <laughs> Yay, happy birthday. How's it Yay! feel? Yay! How's it feel to be uh, 32? You know, same. Yeah, it's because you're only 31 still. I, I'm, <laughs> no, I'm still 31. Yeah. Um, no, but I'm, I'm planning on spending my 32nd birthday uh, not doing a darn thing. Yeah, girl. Um, probably watching Great British Brit. Yes! Great British Bake Off. I'm so glad. 
So. No, I'm not. Yeah. Way I'm glad, but I'm so jealous also that you still have so, so many excited. seasons. I'm so excited. <laughs> um, yeah, I was telling my friend about it, my friend Nicole, and she was like, season six with Joy, whatever. She goes, is the yes. best. <laughs> I'm like, okay. okay. Noted. <laughs> Note, duly noted. <laughs> ah, well, thank um, you, Clara. Yes, you're welcome. Majesh Fandom. Yay. Um, I did want to kind of give a quick shout out really quick before oh, I we, noticed you had new before stickers. We go on. I have some new stickers on my yeah, laptop. I did notice that. Um, it's this girl. Um, her name's Jess, and okay. her company is called The Rosy Redhead. Oh, cute. She didn't ask me to do this, but I'm doing it anyway. She's not paying us? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> Jess. Um, no, but she she does some really cool stickers. Yeah, they're cute. And I, I did I got a custom print from her as well. Cool. Um, you know, because I've been dealing with a little bit of that pesky imposter syndrome that I think we've mm. talked about before, where it's like people are gonna think I'm a fake. I don't know what I'm doing here. <laughs> um, so I ordered a, a custom print from her, and it was it is really beautiful, and she does great work. So check her out, the Rosie Redhead. Rosie Redhead. Um, she's does she fantastic. do what else? Is she just like stickers or stickers? She does prints. prints she okay. does. I think that's about it. There could be other things that I'm not yeah. remembering. I'm just sorry, stuff that Jess. everybody needs. Check um, her out yourself. <laughs> but she's a she's a wonderful person too. We just connect over Instagram and. Well. Yeah. Fun. Yeah, they're really cute. Plug. Plug. So. I'll, I'll show some pictures of my stickers, but yeah, you should anyway. definitely. Um, should we get going for what we're actually talking about today? Yeah, I just had a panic because I forgot what that was, but I have it ra- over Or should we randomly keep going on random crap? <laughs> Listeners, question for you. Mm-hmm. Would you ever want us to just randomly banter back and forth for an entire episode <laughs> where there's no point? No topic. I'll just tell We some just come into it blind. Childhood stories. You could send us Q and A. Or no, Q's and we'll A. We've, we've, done, we've done the Q and A. Yeah, that's but true. I think yeah. we just come in. Just come in blind. We come in blind. We come in with the mics. AKA, okay, we don't want to do any research. <laughs> I think is what she's trying to say. Basically, listeners, what I'm trying to do is the same way with editing. (laughs) It turns out Alex doesn't want to do the podcast anymore. That is absolutely the first thing from the truth. I did my research. I even did pre-research to the research. Pre-research? Like a backstory? Kind of. I didn't do that this time. um, I also did a little... I had things to talk about before we actually sat down. Like the Ronald DeFeo. Yes. Don't give me those big eyes. Well, you gave me Karen the not ostrich emo. <laughs> She's great. I love Karen. Oh, sponsor us, Karen. Spirit animal, Karen. Oh, no. <laughs> kind of, though. Like, kind of. It's mo- the most I mean, between the trash panda and Karen. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, they're going to have, they're going to be best friends. Uh, Just love. <laughs> I'm good. I'm glad you too. I'm gonna use it for coffee the next time. I need coffee in a mug. <laughs> they had really cute, um, like tank tops and t-shirts too, but they were in like insane sizes, like 4XL. I was like, well, maybe I'll get her a mug. <laughs> Be before, safe with the mug. Yeah, before I could tell her she's fat. <laughs> I, do, I don't want to damage her already 
fragile self-esteem. <laughs> no, like this is this is the only size I swear. I don't think you're this size. So I got a mug though, but I do love it. Okay, I've been known yeah. to buy like men's extra extra large well, t-shirts yeah, to like sleep in, but I wasn't going to do in. that for you. <laughs> I feel like that was a risky move. Risky move. Risky move. <coughs> I think I love a coffee mug. So yeah, coffee mugs are always good in my book. We do have three three now for the show. Well, three, mm-hmm. two sets in that one. Yeah, we have a set and then, well, you have your awesome wow mug. Oh, yeah. Like and for Christmas. That's true. And the Yas Queens, though. Yas Queens. And then I have awesome wow and you have trash panda. And then we have love you mean it. Yeah. So many mugs for the show. So many show mugs. When we go on tour, you'll see the show. <laughs> oh, one. <laughs> one will be coffee. One will be champagne. One will be water. And that's it. And that's it. That's all we need. That's what we usually have. Your job to guess which one is which. (laughs) It's the one we're drinking out of most is champagne. (laughs) Possibly wine. Maybe. Um, Also, I wanted to give an assignment. If you guys find anything else like the pyramid, because we're almost on the last uh, level. Yeah. If you guys find anything else like that, send send it it to us. Yeah, we love the... (laughs) I mean, we keep going down the conspiracy. Yeah. Conspiracy and comfy pants. The conspiracy chemtrail. Ah. That. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, we're on the last. And there's a QAnon documentary that's our. I know. We're going to have to. Maybe we should not do QAnon whenever we do the next one and then just have a whole episode on QAnon. That's what I'm thinking. We need to devote an entire. The full documentary. Showed. Showed. To the queue. Showed to the queue. Showed to the queue. <laughs> That's what I always said. <laughs> oh, no, I don't I've get it. I've noticed as I've older, my laugh, I'll start wheezing <laughs> like an old man. That's my favorite. You can just envision spiders. Just yeah, like spider I wheeze like spider. an old man. I'm like, how did I get an How did I, at 32, get an old man wheezy laugh? Just wait. <laughs> You're not even 32. Just wait. But I will when this episode will, comes out. You will. Okay. Okay, what do oh, we this do? This champagne's in me. This is great. It's really good. It's it is delish. really good. I'm quite happy. Well, I'm going to have to pick up some more. Well, speaking of wine, I guess that should I go? Yeah. <laughs> Segway. That was an go. accidental segue. Do you want to okay. fill up your glass first before you... Sure. Before you, before you start, say wheezy laugh. No, yeah, I. But you did that on purpose. I, I bet. did, but I also do it not on purpose. Okay, so we're doing this week basically con men. Is that what you'd call yours? Yes, in honor of my birthday, we're going to talk about con men. <laughs> Yay! Because I've been conning Alex this whole time. <laughs> Surprise! It's your birthday, and it's I con. and I would like to go through my <laughs> topics and be a list of my ex boyfriends. <laughs> Here yeah. we go. <laughs> Watch out for them. They're certainly lying. They're terrible humans. <laughs> yep, I got a couple of those. Myself. Yeah, don't we all? Um, okay, so what I'm going to talk about is... Oh, shoot. Has, okay. I've seen the documentary a few times, so I think I know how to pronounce things. Okay. Rudy... Oh, that Kuniwan. I don't know. Kurniwan. They say Kurni- it like twice and they say it so fast. Well, and usually they just call him Rudy. Rudy, right. 
I felt so like for the introduction, I should say the last name, but yeah, whatever. So Rudy, um, he is from the two, 2017 documentary called Sour Grapes. Great documentary. So good. Wasn't I, it good? Yes, it was so good. I loved it. So last week we were talking about like what we should do for, you know, this week's pod. And when she says last week, she means like two days ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This week. It was this certainly week. this week. But anyways, Alex was like, gave a bunch of suggestions for different people who basically con. And the first one she said was, uh, he made fake wine mm-hmm. and then named a bunch of other things. And I was like, hold on. Fake wine? <laughs> uh, You're and like, I, just stop right there. Yeah. I like no thought need about doing forward. a couple other ones, but I just couldn't get... Uh, fake wine. Fake wine out of my head. So, the documentary again is... Spoiler alert, that's what happens. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it was 99 cents on Amazon Prime, worth every penny. And it's been on... Worth on 99 <laughs> Only it was on Netflix, things. but I don't think it is anymore. It's been on Netflix. Yeah. Sometimes they take things off Netflix, put it back on. Yeah. But um, yeah, I think Brian's watched it at least three times. Mm. I've watched it twice. Uh oh. Yeah. <laughs> we should have switched. Okay. So um, this whole story starts in like the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. I think we kind of come in on 2000, 2001 I think so. situation. Um, and like, Apparently, wine is, like, a really big deal. <laughs> like, when this... Uh, it also comes in a bottle. No, I didn't Compared to that. a box. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> see. And a can. It does come in a can. But people, like, they started this documentary and they were at, like, an auction situation. Oh, she has a spring. <laughs> okay. Um, they're at, like, this auction, and they're selling one bottle of wine. They were auctioning it off for, like, $10,000. The wine world is insane. The amount of money they will spend on wine. Yeah. It's so crazy. Yeah. On a bottle, which they might not ever open. They don't open it. No. I'm a two buck truck gal. <laughs> so that just, I can't even. Yeah. Um, I just can't even. But so it was like, you know, early 2000s before 2008 when everything, all the money disappeared basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they were the, like, at the very beginning, they're going through like, or you can just hear newscasters in the background. And one of them says, forget gold, invest in wine. <laughs> it's like, first of all, I can't eat gold. But I would drink all the wine. <laughs> so that's bad advice for me, ma'am. But, um, yeah, bad, 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 bad advice. <laughs> You're be like, what is this? Oh, I didn't know this was a petite Rothschild <laughs> of a 92 varietal. <laughs> what is this, one of those gold coins? No, it okay. tastes like vinegar. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, so I should have read through these after I wrote them, but didn't. So at one point, winging it, people. Um, there, uh, I don't even remember who 
See, this is why I have to usually write down my notes word for word, but then I screw up all the words when I try and say them. But they're in this, like, wine cellar store. It's just these two, like, all of them basically are just super rich, white, old So one of them. Is a woman. But, yes, but one of them with the the Thomas Jefferson wine? Is that the one you're talking about? Uh, It wasn't him in this, what I'm about to say, but yes. Yeah. Go on. So he's one of the Koch brothers, which the Koch brothers are, like... They don't say that, do they? Uber duber. They don't say that, but if you read what his name is, that's how you know he's a Koch brother. How? Because they say his name is like Charles Koch or something. Oh, it's K-O-C-H, uh-huh. though. <gasps> Everybody, Alex, why don't you take over? <laughs> I didn't make that connection in yeah, any a, way, shape, or Koch form. Brother. Yeah, you could tell he was real rich. Real rich. He did not care that he got bamboozled. Okay, spoilies. So anyways, uh, two super rich people, (laughs) not him, are in like this wine cellar store. And there's a bottle of wine for like 20 grand. And the guy was like, "If if you really like wine, you have to get this one. Like, you have to buy this wine. And the other guy was like, yeah, you can get that or a Prius. Like, definitely <laughs> buying a car. It, yeah. Uh, and then, so Rudy, our main character, he is like, he kind of came on to this wine scene, um, like, kind of suddenly. Mm-hmm. And they made it seem like at least. And, and he, like, I don't know. He just kind of appeared. Mm-hmm. And he said that we don't look at price tags when we look at wine. We look at how wine makes us feel, the excitement, the passion, <laughs> and the way they make the wine. I look at the price tag. <laughs> look at the price tag. Very closely. I don't feel a ton of passion. This is $15, my LaMarca. That's max for me. That's delish. I mean, it's amazing. I mean, so I have to tell you that Brian and I ran into a problem <gasps> last week. <gasps> We were having dinner, and it wasn't anything fancy, mm-hmm. but we realized that we didn't have any what Brian calls Tuesday night wine. <laughs> <laughs> which is Which is what? Which is anything Just that any bottle. costs <laughs> less than $50 a bottle. $50? Ooh, you should come take a look at our wine fridge. Okay. <laughs> I'd love to. <laughs> So you're not drinking two-bag check at your house. We are not, no. <laughs> so the, you're laughing at me when I give you boxed wine. I love boxed wine. No, you don't. I do. I've told Brian that for the summer, I'm going to buy a box of a white wine because I like white wine, but I don't drink a lot of it. Uh-huh. So for me to open a bottle, the bottle goes to waste. Right. So the box... It makes more sense. There you go. You you can even get I like those cute wine. little um, like little like not a carrier, but like you can put the bag of wine with the little spigot out, and it's a cute little like wooden sphere. Yeah, I love I love a box. I love a box. I love a can. I love a bag. I love you know. Love a bottle. Love it all. <laughs> okay. Any receptacle for wine. <laughs> I love a glass. <laughs> Okay, anyways, so um, basically, Rudy, I really like that name for some reason. Rudy. But I feel like it should be like a dog or something. 
<laughs> Rudy. <laughs> I think it's cute. Um, Could you imagine Mary Berry saying Rudy? Rudy. 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 <laughs> <laughs> oh no, we've gone off the. I've gone no. off the rails. Uh, Mary Berry, come have a wine tasting with us. Mary Berry. Mary Berry. Come be on the show, <laughs> Mary Berry. Mary Berry. Okay. Uh, if you're still alive. She is. I checked. <laughs> okay. <laughs> She's quite old. Anyhow. Uh, so, Rudy. the Everybody, like, it's basically a community where they are of all these rich white people. And they go to mm-hmm. all these auctions and, like, have wine tastings and stuff together. And so, Rudy kind of, like, starts showing up to them. And they kind of realize that he has the best palate that yes. they've ever heard of. Which I don't even know really how that's possible, but... Um, Get a sense <clears throat> of dark chocolate and blackberries. <laughs> Get a sense that I'm going to be pretty drunk later. <laughs> Great! <laughs> um, and some other guy said that um, uh, someone who really, really knows their wine can tell the difference between something that was grown here and something that was grown 40 feet from here. Which is insane. How is that possible? I get... I mean, I cannot taste the difference in wine. I will say that, first of all. But I could understand, like, the years, maybe, because... Yeah. You know, it's colder one year versus another year. It's warmer. Well, and I think some of it also has to do with, like, the soil that's used. Yeah. I don't don't know. I don't know either. It's just... It's something that I will never understand. <laughs> but you will appreciate, like, uh, you can appreciate a good bottle of wine. Not a $10,000 bottle. But if someone were to say, hey, this is a really good bottle of wine, but not tell you the price, you'd be like, yeah, this is good. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I would say. <laughs> I don't know if I'd know. You know what? I've never had, I guess, I'm really a great bottle of wine. <laughs> <laughs> I have, and I remember it specifically. <laughs> oh, good thing Brian doesn't listen to the podcast. <laughs> oh, I do remember that, actually. Yeah, my uh, barbecue. Yep. And it was... Right. Uh, showstopper. <laughs> showstopper. And then I think we went back to drinking Trulies straight <laughs> yeah, after. That was the problem, because <laughs> I had already drank several Trulies. Okay. Um. Blah, blah, blah. Okay, so the economy was booming, right, during mm-hmm. this time. So basically, Rudy, what he did was he bought up pretty much all, and correct me if I'm wrong, you've seen this more than I have, but it seemed like he bought up basically all of the Burgundy wine Mm -hmm. from, you know, Burgundy, France. Um, And so he... uh, He kind of bought it up, and so there, there wasn't, like, any more to get. And so it drove the price up really high. Mm -hmm. Um... And so he, so then it's harder for everybody to get their hands on, right? So um, one woman, I can't remember how she was really associated, but she was like, oh, she was a journalist, I think she gave him, or he gave her an interview or something. And he was like, no, she was like, it's actually a really brilliant idea. If you have the money, like, then you're buying it all up, then there's a higher demand for Mm -hmm. it. Price goes up, then you sell it Mm -hmm. for a higher price. So, And I mean, technically, that's not 
committing a crime, right? No. That's just like... That's supply and demand. The... Yeah. Like the uh, stock market, basically. Basically. Futures. Like the when they... Um, they'll do like coffee <clears throat> futures and like be like, coffee is going to be at this price. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. In X months or something. Or, or how or like gold is um, opposite of the dollar. Like, yeah. Or oil, too, or for oil, buying oil. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Anyways, um, so it was kind of, like, rumored that his family owned a Heineken distribution, like mm-hmm. the Heineken distribution for all of China. Um, and it was also a rumor that he had a million-dollar allowance a month for wine. For wine. For wine? A month, a million dollars a month for wine. So it's $12 million a year just on wine. <laughs> Quick math. Quick math. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. Calculator. <laughs> um, he also claimed that he would just buy like full sellers. Um, and collections in Europe all the time. Well, aren't you fancy, like Mr. I, Rudy? I just assume like if somebody dies. <laughs> I'm not sure. Uh, and so he like he kind of made friends, I guess, with this wine distribu- distributor in New York. And between 2003 and 2006, they sold more than $35 million worth of wine from Rudy's cellar. Holy moly. That's a bunch. That's a lot. <laughs> And then in 2007 alone, he wired $17 million to his brothers in Hong Kong and Indonesia. Um, so, obviously, they're, um, like, they're all old and rare wines, right? Mm-hmm. Like, so, that one guy, Mr. Coke. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Coca-Cola. Um, this is the point. I was, like, I was... Uh, messaging you while I was watching yeah. it. And I was like, okay, this guy has wine that Thomas Jefferson held in his hand. Uh-huh. I was like, Thomas Jefferson's coming. Oh. oh. I got so Whistle excited. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then <clears throat> uh, it was very exciting. So anyways, it's like um, the older the, the wine and the more rare. Like that, mm-hmm. Mr. Coke's going to pay a lot of money because mm-hmm. Thomas Jefferson touched it, right? So, but they started to know notice... the real Thomas Jefferson, not Dovey Diggs. Well, either one. I mean, <laughs> to be honest. Sponsor is Dovey Diggs. <laughs> oh my God, marry me, Dovey Diggs. Okay, no, he is a partner. They're wonderful, I'm sure. Um, <clears throat> they, but, uh, so Coke, Bill Coke. That's not how they said it in the show, though. It's Coke, yeah, it's Coke Brothers. Okay, it's, a, it's spelled Koch. Yes, but it's Coke. Okay. Um, Bill Coke bought a bottle of 1921 Magnum Petrus for $25,000. But he just, you know, the Coke brothers, they have... um, Millions. (laughs) A milli, a milli. Like a billy, a billy, A billy. A trilly, maybe. A trilly. And so, you know, he just has an investigator. And the investigator was like, well, in 1921, Petrus didn't make any magnums. Yeah. So it's I like, okay, dun, 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 dun. dun. Um, and there was some 
something similar to that with Thomas Jefferson wines too. Mm-hmm. Like they didn't make it or he spelled something wrong. I can't remember. Yeah, exactly, there was something but, not right. Yeah. So um so obviously Coke has this huge cellar. Yeah. <laughs> um and so they kind of they started inspecting like more and more of the things that he had in there and he hired a bunch of experts who he hired like specific cork experts people who knew about labels capsules Mm -hmm. glass and even glue they found on an 1858 bottle uh elmer's glue (laughs) which was uh invented in the 70s the 1970s um and he found specifically just in his cellar that there were 400 bottles that were um basically fraudulent because they were actually wine yeah it was wine but, but it was like two buck chuck yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> in a fancy bottle uh-huh so those 400 bottles he said that he had paid over four million dollars for um one bottle the address on the label was misspelled <laughs> <laughs> which i don't think they would do that if it was real i know okay so Rudy, he was going to, he was, they were going to, they were making a show about him that was going to be on like the cooking channel or something. Okay. And so they had just all this footage of him basically out at restaurants drinking yeah, with people, yeah. right? So, um, they, like the investigators, I wish I would have written his name down. Um, they only said it once, but his, like Coke's investigator was something, mm-hmm. something strange. <laughs> something strange. <laughs> I can't remember, but, um. So he kind of watched all of these DVDs, and there was one where um, Rudy was, like, sitting at the auction house, I don't know what you call it, and mm-hmm. he, uh, he like, leaned over to a guy and was like, oh, man, I drank one of those yesterday. I should just fill it up and recork it and sell it. <laughs> L- l- lols. <laughs> lols. <laughs> um, so eventually the owner of... I believe it was the Burgundy Cellar Mm -hmm. in Burgundy, France. Um, I forget his name, but he got a hold of, like, the, um, what would you call that? The thing that, like, the magazine, basically, that they give away at, not the giveaway, but so you know what your, the options are. Oh, like the the auction booklet or something. Yeah. Yeah. Looks like a magazine. So, anyways, he got his hands on that, and he was, like, looking, and, and he could see that when the pictures were taken, they were already fraudulent like Mm -hmm. the labels were wrong the address was wrong the corking was weird whatever so he kind of got tipped off um just from that so he booked a flight right because it's his wine yeah right and so um he's i mean the other guy's selling it but like he doesn't want a bad name from it so well yeah if the wine if someone opens it and the wine's bad yeah they're like this is straight up vinegar (laughs) this is trash (laughs) um so he got on a flight to new york the next day and he basically stopped this auction like mid oh paddle mid paddle (laughs) (laughs) um and he he was like, who, who is selling these wines? Who's like, selling my Who's wine? responsible for this? <laughs> and he was really adorable. He was like, I thought that maybe they, they didn't, they maybe just didn't know, like someone sold it to them yeah. wrong, or they were doing it on purpose. And he said, and that's not nice. 
<laughs> he was just the most precious person. Um, so basically, he f- kind of tracks Rudy down and um, asks him about it. And Rudy's like, oh, I can't remember. I sell so many wines. Oh, like, I so certainly many. don't know. I can't so remember. Many. Yeah, it's just, I don't know. And he was like, okay, well... I'm going to need a name. <laughs> and so a couple months later, Rudy gives him the name Pakhendra um, as the person that like gave him all this wine. And he gives him two phone numbers to contact. Mm-hmm. Um, and meanwhile, Coke's investigator, um, he pulled... <laughs> I forget his name. Something Sheen. He pulled together a team of former CIA. <laughs> this is just what money can do. Money can do everything. A lot of things. Uh, anyways, um, and they found that he was living in the U.S. with a warrant out for his arrest <gasps> after a 2003 U.S. DOJ removal proceeding Ew. was given to him because, like, his student visa was up. Oh. And he was like, Mm, probably not. No. I might just stay. <laughs> I'm going to stay. And they also got the two phone numbers from the French guy. Um, and they ran that phone number through... Um, CODIS? No, not CODIS. <laughs> I was going to say that too, but I, I was like, no, I'm that's, like, that's not, not, right. not right. Through the database. I'm not sure. Um, and the first number came back as Lion Air, which is one of the bigger airlines in Indonesia. Mm. No word on if they're big wine collectors or not. <laughs> um, and the second number came back as like basically this like kind of shady strip mall. Um, <clears throat> so our friend, the French winemaker, he was like, "Well, I'll just go to I'll I'll just go to Asia and track down Pakendra," which seems very ambitious. <laughs> you go. Godspeed. French wine man. Um, so, I mean, I guess that he, like, he goes there quite a bit for wine sales or I don't I don't know what rich people do. But um, he finally found out that Pak, P-A-K, means Mr. And Hendra is basically their version of Smith. <laughs> so he, he was asking for Mr. Mr. Smith, Smith. And they're like, okay. Yeah, okay. <laughs> no, I, mean. I don't know who that is. <laughs> So, an FBI agent by the name of James Wynn gets involved. Um, and love he, it when the FBI gets involved. I know. We love the FBI. We love the FBI. Um, so, James Wynn was an agent for 30 years, 26 of which were, sp- were spent investigating cases involving uh, basically theft of art and art fraud, which one is yes. similar. Uh, anyways he's good at his job so they kind of go around and question a bunch of Rudy's friends and uh, like one of his friends he first of all he was wearing sunglasses inside during an interview didn't love that about suspicious suspicious anyways he was like "Uh, no Rudy could never do this like he's he's not he couldn't like he he just couldn't do it um and so once the FBI left, he called and he was like, Rudy, you know, uh, they're looking for you. Pretty. <laughs> Rudy. Pretty. Uh, yeah. It looks like you might have did it. Yeah. Um, and he, after he left, or no. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> 
He called him. And then Rudy's words were, don't worry, dude. I have it under control. Dude. Dude. (laughs) Did he, though? So uh, the FBI agent, James Wynn, and his team show up at Rudy's house. um, And they knock several times and no answer. And they're about to break it down when Rudy... Swings open the door, and it looks like he had just gotten out of bed. Like, he just woke up. I mean, same. (laughs) (laughs) Is that how I answer the door? Yeah. In any situation. Yeah, same. (laughs) Uh, Including when you got here today. Uh, Anyways, the house inside, they had, you know, video footage of it, and it looked like basically a hoarder's house. Yeah, I remember that. But with wine and stuff. It was like, a lot of, there was a lot of things. Um there were bottles in the kitchen sink mm-hmm. full of water that he was like soaking the labels off of. Um, there were bottles without labels on next to the sink waiting to have fake labels put on. There was cork extraction devices and recorking devices. There was a mixing station, like where he would mix different, yeah. <laughs> different wines. Um, there to get were, the right flavor profile. Exactly. There were like tons and tons and tons of labels that he had made. The thermostat was set to like 60 degrees and they were using space heaters in their bedrooms where they slept in like this million dollar house. Yeah. <laughs> um, and there were stencils, old wooden boxes filled with real labels, stamps, corks, etc. Um, and, but there was no means of production, says that friend with the sunglasses who still mm-hmm. thinks that he didn't do it. Mm-hmm. So he's also found to have purchased large quantities of wax, like thousand dollars, thousands of dollars worth of wax. Um, he was ordering paper that was known for its antique properties mm-hmm. used to, using to make labels. Um, and he was collecting empty bottles from them. All the restaurants. <laughs> Excuse me. Can I have your empty bottles? Uh, you done? You done? You, you going to finish that? <laughs> he said that he was creating a museum of some kind. Uh-huh. Or like doing a photo shoot of the bottles. Um, but basically he was like taking... Oh, he was taking the real labels, scanning them, and printing them off. <laughs> For these empty bottles that he got from restaurants that he didn't even buy. Um, Rudy. Yeah. And they found that he was basically taking a bunch of cheap wines and mixing them until they re- they tasted like the real thing or close to it. Um, he had like notebooks and it was even written on the bottles mm-hmm. of like the recipes, I guess, that he was <laughs> using. Um, because remember, he has like, he does have like a really... Um, uh, what would you call it? A refined palate yes. that he was able to like. He can pick taste, out like yeah, taste the little things in wine and know where it was from. I don't know why that's cool, but um, cool party trick. Cool party trick. I'd be like, yeah, okay, sure. <laughs> uh, yeah. So he so that was able to make it convincing enough for people that are just like, oh yes, of course, the uh, the legs and the tannins. <laughs> That were just rich and <laughs> wanted to buy a bunch of wine. So, um, and the benefit is nine times out of ten, they don't drink it. It just sits. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, which is how it gets to be so old. Yeah. And we're so much. Uh-huh. <laughs> but the, 
the one French winemaker, he said that it would basically take, he thought it would take an hour to produce the fake old wines mm-hmm. per bottle, one hour per bottle. Mm-hmm. And there were 15,000 bottles, <gasps> mins. So that would mean it would be, I did the math, 7.2 years. That it would take to make all those. Jeez. So that being said, he had to have a partner. Oh, yeah. And that, granted, that is a 40-hour work week. <laughs> Which, I don't know, but it seemed like he was out and about a lot. Like, he wasn't always at home. Just, yeah. like, slaving away over making these fake bottles. So, <clears throat> um, they found, like, like I said, the... I think it was $17 million that he like wired to his brothers. Mm-hmm. And so they thought maybe it was like a whole family um, situation, a, a family fraud, <laughs> a family that frauds together, stays together <laughs> yeah. until one of them goes to prison. And <laughs> well, then it's every man for themselves. <laughs> I mean, kind of. So, um, but he had to be a little bit wealthy to start this fraud, basically, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. he was buying a lot of wine. He yeah. did basically buy up the market. So how do you think the family was so mysteriously and independently wealthy? Because he wouldn't tell anybody whenever they were like, oh, you're like part of the Heineken, whatever, whatever. He was, he was like, like, yeah. He was like, oh, I don't talk about that. So our friends at the FBI... Could have been the ones at the CIA. I'm not sure. Impressed by both, <laughs> but um, they said that they they like did a family a little backwards family tree and mm-hmm. found that his uncles were involved in the biggest bank heist in the history <gasps> of Jakarta. Oh yeah, I remember <laughs> this now. Yes, one of the uncles, whose name's Eddie, which probably isn't his real name, yeah. but he. Uh, is a fugitive in China. He broke out of prison and escaped after stealing um, all the proceeds from a bank. The other brother, he, like, had a bank. <laughs> and he stole all the money from it and fled to Australia. Um, and basically defrauded $670 million. Jesus! So, Hendra, the brother that owned the bank, he... Um, he claimed to have owned this very same strip mall mm. that we talked about that mm-hmm. one of the phone numbers went to. Mr. At Smith. The of the story. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and only one-tenth of that money stolen by his uncles has ever been recovered. Ooh. So, kind of seems like they're dishing it out, maybe. Maybe. And that's where he got, like, his first milli to start his whole his whole scam his little wine scam yeah because i mean if you're on the run you probably need more actually but probably but but like i don't know between the two it was like almost a hundred thousand wait how does millions work (laughs) it was almost (laughs) like 900 million i'll say that we'll say that that's almost a billy yeah almost a billy uh, you can spare a million. <laughs> spare a million. For your nephew. Uh, anyways, so he is, uh, once they find all that stuff in his house, he's charged. Um, and basically he gets 10 years in prison and he has to pay $28.4 million back to his victims, which I'm sure he does not have. I can imagine. <laughs> 
And then at the end of the documentary, they were throwing, they threw away 500 bottles of Ru- Rudy's fake wine straight mm-hmm. into the dumpster. In and to the me, trash. that's the real crime. <laughs> <laughs> and then at the very end, the investigator that kind of like helped Mr. Coke get like, you know, the first signs that he was being mm-hmm. um, bamboozled, duped, he like opens a bottle of beer and says, cheers. <laughs> <laughs> It was like Pacifico too. It was like really cheap beer. Oh, it's like here's it. what I think to your here's to your insane million dollar situation. <laughs> yeah, crack open a Pacifico. Yeah, which has the name Clara on it. Uh, That's true. So I like that. But anyways, that is Sour Grapes and Rudy, and it was a great documentary. It was worth the ninety nine cents. Go watch, watch it. it. Watch it. Yeah. Watch it now. It was great. Great. <laughs> Yes, I love a fraudster. I feel like who doesn't love a fraudster, especially or a con for, man. Yeah, like super, super uber wealthy. Mm-hmm. Like Coke was just kind of laughing about it. Yeah, he didn't that was care. the whole thing in the documentary. Remember, he was just like, no, uh, yeah, hundred thousand dollars, no big deal. <laughs> yeah, he said he spent on those Thomas Jefferson ones. He said one bottle was a hundred thousand dollars. Lols. <laughs> one bottle. He was like laughing about it. So, jeez. I think if you're gonna um, trick somebody, it might as well be the uber wealthy who don't care. The Koch brothers, for example, the Koch brothers. <laughs> I hit the right button this oh, time. We're good. good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Mini break. Yes. Had to pee. But now I'm going to talk about the documentary that kind of spurred this whole. Yes. Idea. Uh, I watched a documentary called Murder Among the Mormons on Netflix. It's on Netflix right now. Yeah, it's a three-part series. Three or four. (gasps) I can't remember. Um, But it's very good. So I thought I'd start out just with a little bit of history of the church. Because that kind of helps Do you want me to go into my lizard (laughs) knowledge again? (laughs) With John Smith. We'll get to the (laughs) second. We'll get to John Smith's salamanders okay. in a minute. Oh, yeah, salamanders. See, I didn't so, even know the right animal. <laughs> okay, go. Sorry. So in 1820, mm-hmm. Joseph Smith mm-hmm. was visited by God and Jesus. And? Oh, i got to zoom in. The team. Not working. The team, the duo, telling him that all contemporary churches at the time had turned away from the gospel. Well... The wrong. Um, later in 1823, he was visited by the angel Moroni, who revealed the location of golden plates <gasps> buried in the ground. But he could not retrieve them for like three years. Why? I he just couldn't pick them up. Couldn't find a shovel. Yeah, couldn't pick them up. Somehow. Oh, is it like a Thor's hammer situation? Yeah. And other artifacts. Um, and this was the gospel. The angel told him that no one else could see the plates. You can't show anybody these plates. Only you can see them. Could. So when he yep. was finally able to pick up the plates, he brought them to his house and he translated them and dictated the translation to somebody else, which that became the Book of Mormon. Uh-oh. So what language were they originally? Some language, not English. Was it like Hebrew or was it like gibberish? Egyptian. Okay. 
I think it, it was like it's Egyptian. Egyptian. As long as it's a real language, it's not. He's um, the only he one. He had to use a seer stone to Is that translate. like a decoder pen? <laughs> I think it is, like a decoder. Okay. <laughs> like, you know those pens you can write Be with? Be sure to drink you... your oval tea. <laughs> okay. Um, so, that's kind of a little just quick history about the uh, Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, also known as the LDS Church, also known as the Mormons. I'm with ya. So now we're going to get into this guy named Mark Hoffman. What? Yeah, Mark Hoffman. He was born in... Ni- oh, I was thinking Mark Hamill. <laughs> I was like, I don't this has nothing to right. do with Star Wars. Apologies, Mark Although, Hamill. Although, do love him. <laughs> uh, so he was born in 1954 in Salt Lake City, and he was raised in the LDS Church. Okay. He was a, you know, like any good Mormon kid, he went on his two-year mission. Mm-hmm. Um and he was a coin collector when he was younger. Oh, precious. Um, and he was able to forge a rare mint mark on a dime that was deemed legit Uh-oh. by other coin collectors and the United States Treasury. Oh, God. Yeah. He's fooling everybody. Wait, how old is he? Young. Like, like teenager. Yeah. Can't even be mad. Really impressive. <laughs> Um, so, if you don't know what mission is, um, which I didn't really, I kind of knew what the Mormon mission was, like, when they ride go your bikes on mission. around and knock on people's doors. Yeah. So I like to hear the good word about Jesus, or something like that. <laughs> um, it's a rite of passage, but it's not required to remain oh, in the I church. Oh, it was, actually. Yeah, it's not required. Okay. Um, it's a full-time mission to convert people to the LDS church. God, too. Based on Matthew 28, 19, verse, 19 through 20. Uh, Go ye therefore and teach all nations. Mm-hmm. Uh, for men, ages, you are between ages 18 to 25, and your mission lasts for two years. Uh, 80 to 90% of 19 year olds serve. Wow. So it's just kind of, it's not required, but it's just something they do. Yeah, not an uh, option, really. For women, um, they just lowered it from 21 to 19, where you could go on mission, but your mission only lasts for 18 months. Oh, interesting. Uh, you have to meet Gotta this... go start making babies. Yeah. You gotta <laughs> get those Mormon families. Yeah. Uh, you must meet the standards of worthiness in order to go Sarah. on mission. <laughs> okay. Uh, which, if you're wondering, Alex, was, what are those standards of worthiness? It's regular attendance at church meetings. Okay. Regular personal prayer. Okay. Regular study of the scriptures. Okay. Adherence to the law of chastity. Uh-oh. <laughs> adherence to the word of wisdom, which is basically health and nutrition guidelines. Basically, you don't drink. Oh, okay. Or, like, caffeine sometimes, but not always. Yeah. Um... Tithing, mm-hmm. give the church that money. Yeah. Um, and spiritual diligence and testimony of God. Hmm. Not all of those are f- fact checkable. No. <laughs> and then you apply, and then you're called to serve your mission at a specific location. So okay. you're going to a, a Ooh, specific Who gets spot. to choose? The church. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so Hoffman, when mm-hmm. he was his good little Mormon boy, he served in England 
where he spent a lot of his time at local bookstores. You get to go international? Yeah. That's tight. You get to go international. Do they pay for it? Should I, I be so. in really quick? I mean, you're too old to go <laughs> I on a mission. There's several Maybe. things missing. I don't know. <laughs> I just want to go to... Let's go I through the list, shall we, of worthiness. Oh. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> Not publicly. <laughs> okay, yes. Um, so he was buying early Mormon books, because in the libraries there, a lot of Mormon missionaries would go give the books, and then the books would be sold to bookstores. Yeah. So they were able to find a lot of old Mormon, <laughs> Mormon books. Um, okay. And books critiquing the religion. Mm. So his former girlfriend says he only did mission because of social pressure, and he did not want to disappoint his parents. And that free trip to Europe, baby. Yeah. Come on. Um, so fast forward to 1980. He claimed that he found a 17th century King James Bible with a document inside. Uh-oh. That was a transcript of the Golden Plates. Okay. That was the same transcript that was presented to Charles Anthon, who was a um, scholar at Columbia in the 1800s. Um, it's a, It was the same one. So I'm envisioning, Found you know, in how, like, people will cut out pages of the Bible and put, uh-huh. like, money in there. That's what I'm envisioning. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. Uh, the document was confirmed to be the real deal, and the LDS church purchased it from Hoffman for $20,000. So we're not worried about his fraud background, then? We're not worried okay. about his fraud. No. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> not yet. Go on. Um, so... He dropped out of school because of this and became a business dealer in rare books. Mm. Rare made-up books? Yeah, but, rare you know, books like that... we said, this was a fraud. It was fake. <laughs> okay. All of it fake. This is like wine. Um, so he also forged what's known as the salamander letter. Mm-hmm. There's our lizard. There's the salamander. <laughs> you poo salamander. Um... Which was a document that contradicted the actual the story that the church believes. Uh-oh. That it wasn't an angel that came down to Joseph Smith. That it was a oh. salamander. Um, which gives kind of a more folklorian, magical, mystical huh. vibe. Which <laughs> the LDS church is like, be based mm. off of vibes. No. <laughs> not my vibe. Oh, okay. So they said no. Yeah. They said this is not real. They said this is not real. Okay. They also tried to like buy it because they were like, let's hide this from people. Huh. Anywho. Um, he went on to forge countless other LDS documents, um, signatures. He forged like George Washington's signature, <gasps> Thomas Jefferson's <gasps> signature, um, Andrew Jackson's <gasps> signature. Um, John Adams. John, John Adams. <laughs> oh, really? I know him. Um, he forged an Emily Dickinson poem Rude. and the Oath of a Free Man. So the Oath of a Free Man was the first document printed in the uh, colonies mm-hmm. in 1639. Hmm. And there's only 50 copies created and none of them are known to continue to exist. Um, but okay. he said... Looky here. <laughs> I found one. And a genuine copy was worth a million, a million, a million, a million, a million 
back in 1985 dollars. Whoa, that's a bunch of millies now. 2.5 milli today. Thank you, inflation calculator. (laughs) Thank you, (laughs) Google.com. Shout out to Google. Shout out to Googs. (laughs) Why do I feel like John Ralphio when I do that from uh, Parks and Rec? Oh, yeah. He's great. Shout out to Googs. (laughs) (laughs) So. Be on the show, John Ralphio. John Ralphio. Bring him. Sebastian. Um, anywho, so our boy Hoffman's getting in a little bit of a pickle. I'm shocked. So, despite how much money he was making from these fake documents, okay. First of all, yes, you find one rare fake document. Mm-hmm. He's finding all of them. You're finding all of them. All of them. Sus. All of them. Okay, gone. So, despite how much money he was making, he was living a very lavish lifestyle that was outside of his means. Means. So he made a deal to sell this, what he called the McClellan Collection, okay. which were documents written by William E. McClellan that would provide revelations that were unfavorable to the LDS church. I mean. And McClellan had been known to write things that were disparaging against the church. So the idea of more of them existing was mm. not far-fetched. Right. Um, One problem. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Hoffman did not know where any actual documents were, so he had no idea how to forge them. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah, that's the problem. He had no idea (laughs) how to forge them. Yeah, it's Um, like, yeah, okay. And the time frame that he said he was going to get them was not long enough oh, so to create. He pre-delivered, mm-hmm. but he did. He said, not. "I can get you this." Oh, but he couldn't do it in the time frame, or <laughs> or at all. So people okay. that he promised the documents to were starting to hound him, and to buy time. He did what any other you know forgerer would do. He started making bombs. Okay. <laughs> That's not where I thought we were going. I mean, that's typical forger <laughs> behavior. He started, you know, making bombs. Will you remind me what time frame we're in? We're in the 80s. 1980s. Specifically October 15th uh-oh, 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 of 1985. Uh-oh, uh-oh. That's where we're uh-oh, at right now. Uh-oh. He sent two bombs. Uh-oh. One to Stephen Christensen, who was a document collector. And one of the guys who was <laughs> Don't like... Don't blow up the documents you need. Yes. He was one of the guys that was hounding him. Oh, gotcha. Um, And one to the summer home of Gary Sheets, who was Stephen's boss. Sheets. Sheets. Ah, Sheets. Sheets. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. Stephen died. Oh, Stephen died. And when they sent the bomb to the summer home of Gary Sheets, Gary was not there. Uh Uh-oh. Someone else was probably. His wife, Kathy, oh, was Kathy. there. And so she died. Oh, So was it via mail? Mm-hmm. Okay. And so, actually, it wasn't via mail. He, like, dropped it off at the <laughs> place. He needed doorbell cams. <laughs> right. <laughs> Even then. The next day, a bomb went off in Hoffman's car that injured him but didn't kill him. Hmm. So police were like, Suspicious. 
In his own car. In his own car. Because there were documents that came out of the car. Interesting. So he was trying to be like, look, I'm being targeted too. Mm. Oh, interesting. So they, you know, looked at, they were like, okay, let's pull the documents. And they pulled documents from his house. And they were like, okay, you might be, we're not, we think something's going on here. Huh. Um, So document examiner. If you watch the documentary, he is my favorite person in the entire documentary. I'm so excited. His name is George Throckmorton. Throckmorton. And I, he looks exactly like what you think a George yeah. Throckmorton would like look like. Like George Costanza, kind of? That's what I'm envisioning. I, I guess that's just all George is to me, is George Costanza. <laughs> <laughs> Taking a nap under his desk at work. He's kind of like an old man, mm-hmm. like thin face, okay. gray okay. hair. Okay. So like almost um, the guy from Babe. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, so he analyzed the documents and noticed that all the handwriting had a very similar style. Mm -hmm. Granted, yes, it was like George Washington's signature or whatnot, but the style and the way the the pen movement was was very similar. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And the ink that was used, um, cracked, like looked cracked. Like they said, like it was out. Looked like alligator skin under a microscope, which ink at the time did not crack. Ink at the old time. The old time. Did Mm. not, wouldn't do this. This is probably made out of like lead. Exactly. (laughs) Okay. So he was like, these are forgeries. Like, these aren't real. Um, Based on, you know, scientific evidence. Scientific (laughs) science. (laughs) So Hoffman was officially arrested in January of 1986 on 27 counts, including first-degree murder, delivering a bomb, construction, or possessing a bomb, theft by deception, and communication fraud. Is there ever just voluntary theft? (laughs) There's always a level of deceit. There always is. Um, But the investigators... On the prosecution, were convinced they were being stonewalled by high-ranking members of the church mm. because they didn't want that information about the forgeries and the letters and oh, things like no. that to get out. Okay. Um, and they just wanted it to kind of go away quietly. Yeah. Um, so Hoffman pleaded guilty um, and was given a plea bargain without actually going to trial. So all he had to do was confess to his forgeries in open court and was sentenced to five years to life in prison. Five to life? That's kind That's of a, a big, big gap. gap. <laughs> it's a big range. So in 88, he was, he went in front of the parole board. Mm-hmm. And he essentially to the parole board showed callous disregard for human life because he didn't care who died regarding the bomb that was sent uh, to Gary Sheets' house. Uh-huh. He so was like, was I didn't care if it was or... his wife or okay. his dog or his kid. I didn't care. Hmm. So they're like, yeah, you going to stay. Yeah, sorry. In prison your whole life. Nice try. Um, so also a terrible try. So he's currently serving his natural life in prison in Utah. Um, he was excommunicated from the church. Oh, I'm sure. And his wife filed for divorce. Um, he... This isn't funny. Um, (laughs) But the outcome's kind of like (laughs) karma. Um, He attempted suicide by overdosing on antidepressants. See, I told you. Not funny. (laughs) Um, He spent 
so when but he was revived so he lived but while he was unconscious he spent about 12 hours laying on his right hand on his right arm uh-huh. which caused muscle atrophy 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 thank you uh-huh. um leaving his foraging hand completely oh, disabled so no. he cannot use his foraging hand if your hand anymore. falls asleep for too long you lose it apparently Oh, that's you horrible. Lose motor function. So I don't just, fall asleep on your arm. People yeah, I need to start hours. sleeping better. I think. <laughs> on my back, like I'm in a coffin. <laughs> my arm's crossed. No. Oh. So anyway, that is murder among the Mormons. That's um, so interesting. That it watch seems it. like it. That should have been so much longer. So much more long ago. So much longer ago. Yeah. Sure. But if he's still alive, it could. Yeah, he's still alive. It seems like more of a. And it all happened in the mid '80s. Yeah, I mean, if John Smith could do it, but that he was a long time. Ago. I know Joseph Smith. He was a long, he was a long time ago. Yeah, you know, it just seems like we're still coming up with new stuff. It did, yeah. Salamander wise, salamanders. <laughs> you pesky huh. salamander. Does that make sense? Get out of here, salamander. <laughs> oh boy. Well. That is. That oh, is that's interesting. Have, so. Yeah, I'm watch very sour excited grapes. to watch that. Watch murder. Yes, yeah, watch sour grapes. Sour grapes is just one. It's like an hour and fifteen minutes or something. Yeah, it was really good. Murder in the Mor- among the Mormons. I mm. think it's three or four parts. I can't remember. Okay, um, well worth it. It sounds like, but it's though. good. It's good. It's slow. It feels like they could have done it in like one episode, mm. but hmm. you know. Do we want to? Actually, we can't because I didn't watch the last episode yet. I was going to say, do we want to wrap up? Ooh, uh, next time we'll yeah. wrap up Alan versus Pharaoh because I just watched the last episode. Because I haven't watched um, it yet. So, I'll cut that. <laughs> no. She I don't cut anything anymore. Are you kidding me? Um, well, happy birthday oh, thank to you. you. Uh, we'll be back next week. TBD on the topic. TBH. <laughs> because TBD. we're both taking some vacation days we next are. week. We are. Taking a little vacay. Don't know how much studying I'm going to do. But we will have an episode. We'll have it. We'll have something yeah. for you next week. Um, It might just be us in front of some microphones talking. Uh, yeah. Maybe we'll watch Great British Baking Show. Oh, my <laughs> God. Mary Berry. <laughs> Mary Berry. Ah, we love you. Oh, Mary um, Berry and Mary Paul Hollywood. Paul. I'd love to. <laughs> All right, well, we love you and we mean it. Love you, mean it. Bye. Goodbye. Bye.